welcome to Paint Ed. PCA provides painting contractors with connections they need to grow their business. To find out more and to become a member, go to PCAPaintEd.org. Find more great content like this on PCA Overdrive. A subscription to the platform is included with membership. For all you non-members out there, sign up for our free trial. PCA Overdrive is available on the Apple Store and Google Play. Today, we feature audio from the Elite Business Advice Podcast with Chris Moore. In this episode, Chris starts the new season with a workshop for planning for the new year, getting your finances in order, your vision of your company, and marketing strategies. Welcome to the Elite Business Advice Podcast. My name is Chris Moore. I'm the founder of Elite Business Advisors, and the goal of our podcast is to help you grow your business and educate you on a variety of topics that affect self-employed small business owners. Uh, today, we're going to do something a little different with it being the first part of the year. Um, I want to workshop, help you workshop your business and planning through 2022. Um, now is a perfect time if you haven't taken time to start thinking through what you want this year to look like. Um, it's a good time to kind of do a reset. Um, and there's kind of three main topics we're going to talk through today. The first one being finances. Uh, this is a perfect time of year to really start kind of a fresh, clean slate in your finances, whether it's your accounting um, or it's the day-to-day just cash flow operation of your business. It's always a perfect time of year to kind of hit a reset point on that. Um, the second thing is what the vision of your company is going to be in 2022 uh, and to figure out you know, where you're at now and where you want to go and what it's going to take to get there and actually have an intentional plan. Uh, and I know that may sound foreign to some of you, uh, and it did to myself at times until I got disciplined around Christmas time every year to really start planning out what the following year was going to look like and what it was going to take from me to focus on to get there. Uh, and then the third thing is marketing. If you are looking to grow your company, you're probably going to have to expand your lead generation. Um, and so what are some different strategies you can kind of utilize throughout the year to make sure you hit those goals? So those are the three main topics we're going to hit on today. Uh, and I'm just going to dive into the first one, mostly focused on finances here. You know, as I mentioned, it's a perfect time to just kind of wipe the slate clean when it comes to your accounting. Um, if you do your accounting, if you pay somebody to do it, the first of the year is always kind of a brush of, breath of fresh air because you're starting out, everything's zeroed out, you're starting from scratch. Um, if you've had bad habits before, it's kind of a time that you can adjust and get in the right habits and doing the right things and having the right systems in place. Uh, and we really see this a lot with accounting. Uh, I think this is one thing that, you know, everybody makes the common thing like, oh, I'm not going to make that mistake again. I'm not going to cross my personal and my business finances, uh, whatever it might be. I'm going to get better about taking deposits. I'm going to do all these different things. Uh, and then sometimes like March happens and you're like, ah, I'm still in the same bad habits, right? Uh, so right now, beginning of the year, it's a perfect time if you're wanting to make some changes, just act on it. Put a plan together and, and make that happen. Um, and if you're, you know, maybe you've always done the bookkeeping yourself and you want to outsource that to somebody else, again, the first of the year is a perfect time to make that transition because everything's nice and fresh. Uh, the second thing is putting the right systems in place when it comes to managing your cash flow. I think this is one thing that, that I know we're a big proponent of and try to focus on with clients, especially our contractors, is to have the right account set up to funnel money into to cover expenses throughout the year. And I know we've talked about that on some episodes here last season, but really focusing on things such as putting money aside for taxes and, you know, preparing for that ahead of time. Again, I know that's kind of a crazy thought, but being proactive about that puts you in control of things, right? There's nothing worse than scrambling every springtime here coming up in a few months when you realize how much money you owe the government. That's not a fun realization to have. Um, you're better off preparing 
return for that throughout the year. So maybe it's something as simple as putting 10% of your revenue aside in an account, you know, a savings account or something attached to your checking. Don't touch it. That's kind of the other key part of that is leave it there for whenever you need to make your estimated payments or pay, you know, at the end of the year. Uh, but just doing little things like that. If 10% is too much, do 5%, right? Every little piece of it adds up. Uh, but the first of the year is a perfect time to start those systems and get those things kind of scheduled out in place. Uh, the second thing can be de the deposit account, as I just mentioned. Uh, you know, a lot of contractors take a deposit. And I think that's a very smart idea. Uh, I actually had a conversation with somebody the other day that he he doesn't take deposits. And he goes, I just don't want to deal with them. Uh, and, and his reason was they've never had anybody not pay, right? Um, a lot of people think that taking deposits for jobs is more so for fear of somebody not paying you. At least you got something to cover some of your costs. And while I think that's one very important piece of it, there's another piece of it called cash flow that I think is very important. Um, and I recommend people put the deposits aside in another account. Don't move it over into your main checking account until at least you start the job or, you know, right around that time. Uh, but the reason I like people collecting deposits is let's say you've got a big check you're waiting on to come in. Say it's 20 grand and you know it's going to come in on Monday or you're almost finished with the job and you have payroll on Friday and you have no money in the bank because you're waiting on this big check, right? Well, if you have an account like that that maybe has $10,000 worth of deposits in it for upcoming jobs, you can transfer money over to your checking, cover payroll, and then the second you get that check from the customer, transfer that money back. Um, and just it helps bridge the gap. So think through deposits more than just making sure that there's some security there in case a customer would ever stiff you. Uh, that never really happened to us. And when I was talking to Shane the other day, he's like, I've never had an issue with it. Um, it's not super common if you work with the right people. But think of it more so as a cash flow blanket for your business. Um, and then the other one is a profit account. We talked about this on an episode uh, last November, I think it was, with Crystal. We talked through the profit first kind of mentality and, you know, putting 1% of your revenue aside is a bonus to pay yourself every quarter. Um, again, this first of the year is a perfect time to get some of these systems in place for your business. Um, another area we really see in the finances is organizing your receipts. Does anybody out there maybe do the shoebox method, right? You throw everything in a shoebox, and at the end of the year, you like take it to your accountant, and you're like, here you go. Um, that's not a very good thing. You end up paying a lot of money for them to then go through and do your bookkeeping for you. Um, so I don't recommend that. Uh, but just being organized with things, right? You are supposed to keep your receipts. I believe it's for at least seven years. Do some research. Quick Google search will tell you that um, or what the IRS says. But you're supposed to keep your receipts, right? Well, there's nothing worse than having a filing cabinet full of folders or uh, boxes full of receipts from the last seven to 10 years. Uh, and so one thing that we really recommend doing is utilize technology. Um, that's something that's there's a lot of apps out there that you can utilize to track your receipts. If you use QuickBooks, I believe there's some functionality in there um, through the QuickBooks app. You can do this or make it very simple um, for those of you that are iPhone people. Androids, there's I'm sure another solution out there probably through Google Photos, but I, I'm familiar with Apple. Um, you know, take pictures and create folders in your iCloud account for, you know, your receipts. You can organize them by, you know, office expenses, marketing, keep everything nice and organized in iCloud. You never have to worry about losing it. Um, in my opinion, if Apple comes down, the whole rest of the world's coming down with it. So um, iCloud's a pretty safe thing to not have to worry about. Um, and just keep all everything digitally. Um, I think that that makes a lot of sense is, you know, a lot of things are going 
selling paperless and you get a lot of email receipts, you can just take screenshots and upload it into that photo, uh, into that album, whatever it is you want to do. Uh, but again, I think the first of the year or within this first month or so of the year is a perfect time to do it. Uh, because if you want to go digital with your receipt organization in August, you're going to have to go back and do the last seven months and take pictures and organize all this stuff. And it's going to take hours and hours and hours. So you're much better off doing that here at the first part of the year. Um, so again, if you're wanting to make a change, act now. Uh, don't wait too long on that. Uh, the mileage log. That's another huge thing we see working with a lot of business owners and finances. It can be a pain. I'm well aware. If you use your personal vehicle for your business, it can be a pain to log your miles. I understand that. But the benefit to it far outweighs anything else uh, because the mileage log, it takes care of the gas, the wear and tear, the maintenance on your vehicle. And I'm going to say nine times out of 10 here, you're going to get more expenses on your business keeping your mileage log than you would writing off your gas, writing off tires on your vehicle, all those things. Um, and it kind of becomes a I don't want to say a made up expense because it is legitimate through the IRS, but you're going to expense a lot more money than what you're actually paying out for the maintenance on your vehicle. So it's well worth it to spend some time in logging your mileage. All you have to do is every day keep a track of the total miles you drove and roughly where you went that day, right? It doesn't have to be detail by detail. I went from here to here to here, but just, hey, these were the four job sites I hit, estimates I did, um, Sherwin-Williams store, whatever it is that you did that day. Total miles for the day, 130 miles, and just put it in a spreadsheet. Um, we've got something that will do that and auto-calculate out the expense and all that good stuff. Um, most of the time when you file your taxes, you just have to give that total mileage to your accountant, but you are, by law, supposed to have a log every day of each how many miles driven each day so if you're wanting to do that again now is a perfect time even if you keep a paper calendar in your vehicle and at the end of the day you you know write down okay it was 120 miles today with the odometer or something that's fine just have some sort of a log and again it's much easier to start fresh with that now than it is to wait until august and have to go back and look at your calendar and get on google maps and figure out how far you drove every single place you can spend hours doing that so again Trust me, you'll you'll be glad you took my advice on this now. Um, the last thing I want to kind of hit on, and, and we've got a sheet that we're going to kind of walk through here during the rest of the episode uh, for those of you guys that are watching on video. Those of you guys that are listening on audio, shoot me an email, and I'm happy to send this Google Sheet over to you. Um, the info is here in the show notes um, on my email address. So shoot me an email. Just say, hey, hey I'd love to get the goals setting um, spreadsheet from you. And I'm happy to send that out to you. Uh, but for those of you guys that are watching here on video with the PCA overdrive, um, we're going to kind of walk through this a little bit here. And so we've got a spreadsheet that we utilize with all of our clients this time of year, every year to plan out 2022. Um, and the one I want to talk through in, in this section on the financial piece is there's a section on there to update your fixed cost. Um, and if this is something you haven't done before or aren't aware of, it's a great exercise to go through and understand how much do you spend every month on subscriptions, reoccurring charges, you know, your insurance, your payroll service, your accounting service, you know, everything that's a monthly occurrence, right? Phone, internet, there's a, a handful of categories on there. Um, I recommend go through your profit and loss from 2021 and just identify all the recurring charges and put in there because it's really good to know, oh my gosh, we spend, you know, maybe the number's $5,000 a month just on recurring fixed cost services and things for our business. 
um, that's kind of a good number to know as you're planning out the year. And we're going to kind of work the numbers backwards here in this financial section. Um, the other thing is, you know, update your annual costs, things that, you know, happen every year, such as, you know, an LLC renewal. Um, it can be something in your state. Um, buying your PCA Expo tickets, you include that in there and the costs associated with traveling on that. Um, anything, you know, that's an annual cost, I recommend to put in there to just kind of have an idea that at some point, you know, put what month you're going to spend it so you can kind of plan ahead cash flow on that. And then the other thing is you want to input, you know, how much money you're withholding for taxes. Like I mentioned earlier, if you're doing 10%, anything that's shaded in gray on this um, worksheet is where you can input things um, or change numbers and stuff. Everything that's got a white background, leave it because it's auto formulated for you. But anything that's in gray um, is your place to input numbers. Um, and everything does kind of transfer over throughout the three different tabs. So um, put in, you know, how much you withhold for taxes, put in what your average labor margin is, put in your average material uh, margin on jobs. So if you usually spend for my contractor friends, 10% on materials on your projects is kind of your average, put that number in here. Um, and what it's going to do is it's going to auto calculate out, okay, it's going to take your fixed costs, it's going to factor in your margins, and how much you want to take out of the company. And then it's going to say, hey, here's how much you need to do every month in business to make sure that you break even. Um, and I know this is kind of detailed as I'm going through this. Um, and again, those of you guys listening on, on audio, pull up the spreadsheet and listen along with this. Uh, but it really is a good idea to help you identify, like, is this achievable? Um, we do this with clients. We kind of call it a break-even analysis, if you will, and figure out like, hey, this is how much you know you want to make personally, which is a big thing, uh, and then kind of work the numbers backwards and figure out where we go from there. Um, and that kind of leads into this next section here, just the overall vision for the year. Um, you know, the one place to start, as I just mentioned, is to figure out how much money you want to make in your company. And I know a lot of people are like, oh, I'm not in it for the money or just whatever I can make at the end. And I don't think that's the right mindset to have. I think if you can really think through and say, hey, if I can make, I'm just going to say a number, $6,000 a month that I take and put in my personal bank account out of my business, um, I'm very happy with that. That's enough to, you know, provide for my family, save a little bit for retirement, save for vacations and kind of, you know, that's comfortable living for us. Um, and then maybe you can sprinkle in some extra bonuses. Um, when you know that number, then, like I said, it's easy to work everything else backwards, right? Cause then, you know, you need to make the 6,000 plus your $5,000 of fixed cost after you pay all your employees and your material costs and stuff. Um, and the reason we'd like to go through and do this is we need to see if this is accurate, right? Um, let's say your number is at, you want to make $6,000 a month. We work the numbers backwards and you realize that in your business, that means you have to do $40,000 worth of revenue that month to ideally take home your $6,000, everything else being somewhat equal. Um, if you're like, I only have one employee, like there's no way we can do that. Well, then you need to figure out a couple of things, right? You either need to figure out how to grow your business to accommodate the $40,000 in revenue, or you need to figure out how to cut some costs or make some sacrifices or whittle that number down to where you can afford those things, right? Or you take less money for the time being and use that as your vision to grow. Um, and so I think for me, the, the number one thing is I've gone through and done this in years past. And as we do this with clients, it really kind of re-energizes people. Um, it allows them to really see the numbers for what they are. Um, and again, this isn't going to be perfectly accurate, but just kind of based on some historical data um, of your margins. And if you don't know that, look at your profit and loss from like last year, even in years past, and kind of get a rough average of how much you pay out in labor compared to your overall revenue for those numbers. Same thing for materials. But I think kind of doing this, it, it really 
helps re-energize people, right? If you're not happy with where you're at, at least you know it and you can put a plan together moving forward with it. Um, or maybe you're like, man, I'm getting really close to being able to, to pay myself what I really want to. I just need to grow a little bit more. And then that kind of will lead into the next part here in just a second about marketing and how to go make that happen. Um, and so doing this is is a great awareness thing. Um, you guys have heard me talk time and time again, if you've been listening to the show for the last year, about knowing your numbers and just being in the understanding of where you're really at. Um, and this kind of takes that to the next level. Um, and then I think the biggest thing is, you know, really planning out month by month um, with this. So as you kind of go through and plan out the year on the first tab on this worksheet, planning out and saying, okay, we understand, like I knew when I had my painting company, January was a little bit of a slower month, picked up in February. And then, you know, March through October was basically chaos um, and a lack of a better word, depending, March was iffy, depending on how warm it got here in St. Louis to start doing exteriors. Uh, but I knew April through October was usually like our busy, super busy months. Um, September and October usually being the busiest. busiest. Uh, November slowed down a little bit. December usually slowed down a lot. The last couple of years it didn't, but I knew for planning purposes, I kind of planned out my monthly revenue goals based on um, those slower and busier times of the year. Um, and so I think it's important if you have a goal and you're you know, looking at this year and you're like, hey, we did $350,000 in revenue this year. Okay, my goal for next year is to do 500,000. Okay, that's good. Now go through and plan out your months on what you think is kind of feasible um, and put those numbers in and does it equal 500,000? Um, we did this exercise with a client this time last year and I remember sitting down with them and they're like, okay, we wanna grow by 200 grand. And we started thinking through like, okay, hey, what can you do each month? what's what's a realistic goal and he added it up and it was like four hundred thousand. and he's like wow okay and i'm like well here you got two options right you figure out how to grow the extra 200 or we scale these goals back a little bit um, and i think in his case we scaled the goals back a little bit the first half of the year so that he could anticipate adding some employees and growing his business more on the second half of it and i think we set the goal at about five hundred thousand for the year um, so again it's just a good time you know a lot of people will set goals and they just kind of throw a number out there without any intentionality behind it, any logic behind how they got there. And then halfway through the year, they're kind of demoralized because they're way off track of it because it wasn't a very sensible goal in the beginning and they didn't have a plan to get there. Um, and so that kind of leads into this last section here, the marketing reset. Um, and as you go through and fill out the spreadsheet, once you have your monthly uh, number goal, revenue goal in each month, uh, the, the next sheet auto, it auto transfers that over and you can input what your average job size is you can also put what your average closing rate is. So if you sell 75% of your estimates, again, you'll see two boxes shaded in gray down there at the bottom. Think through those and see how many estimates you need to do each month to hit those revenue goals, right? Now, I do understand that there's a thing called lead and lag indicators. Um, and what that is, is your sales number is a lag indicator. It's the result of an action. A lead indicator is things you have control over, right? So your marketing inputs, how many you know flyers you put out, how many hours you spend networking, you know all the different types of marketing. The lead indicators are things you have direct control over, your actionable items. The lag indicators are like the results of it, right? So I do understand that there's a little bit of a difference here, but just for planning purposes, this will help you see 
um, you know, how much you need to do each month in revenue, and then how many estimates you need to do with that. Um, I also understand that there's going to be situations where you do an estimate in January and you don't sell the job till February. So again, this isn't a perfect walkthrough, uh, but this should help you understand that if you want to do X amount of dollars this year, you need to do X amount of estimates each month um, and kind of help plan for that and then say, okay, let's say your goal says you need to do 20 estimates a month. Well, are you bringing in at least 20, I'll say even 25 leads, maybe 30 if you really pre-qualify people very well? Are you bringing in 30 leads to do your 20 estimates you need to, to sell 75% of those at this average job size and hit your numbers? And if you're not, then that's when we need to kind of figure out how to step up the marketing game. Um, and again, the first part of the year is a great time to do this um, and kind of retool and reset and refocus, right? Whether you want to dive into some email campaigns like we've talked about in previous episodes, um, whether you want to really focus on networking and building stronger relationships with people like we've talked about. Um, we've kind of hit on a lot of these different topics and we're going to expand on some um, here in the coming weeks even more so. Um, but think through like what can you do to, go, again, go from point A to point B? Um, because just having a number and saying, okay, I need to do 20 estimates a month is great. You understand that, but not having a plan on how you're going to do 20 estimates doesn't make a lot of sense. Um, and so, again, this time of year, as we kind of wrap up here with this episode, I think is a great time to really sit down and be intentional about your year. Figure out what you want the year to look like. Um, and if I had to leave you with one piece of advice, it's exactly that. Be intentional and have a plan. Have a strategy behind things. Um, as business owners, I'm guilty of it. I was guilty of it when I had my painting company, and I still am sometimes. I have to time block out in my calendar to make sure that I'm sitting down and being intentional and having strategies, right? We tend to just kind of market flying by the seat of our pants. As long as work's coming in, everything's great. Well, when you try to double your business over a couple of years, you need to double your marketing efforts usually, right? Um, we've seen clients that outpace their, their organic growth, the slow rate they'll grow organically through referrals um, because they did 200 grand more one year, right? So you have to be a little bit of intentional, um, have some intentionality behind what you're doing and how you're doing it. Um, and I know that can be hard, especially if you're still out, you know, in the production line, trying to complete projects for clients um, and all those things. It's really hard when you're working in your business. It's hard to take time to work on your business. Uh, but it's even more important because if you can kind of get over that entrepreneurial hump, as I call it, um, and maybe you need to hire one or two more people and kind of put somebody in a somewhat of a leadership position to where then you can step back. Once you kind of get over that threshold and kind of get some stuff in place, then you have a lot more time to work on your business, right? And eventually it'll grow to another point. You'll hit kind of another hump. Um, and that's just kind of the cycle of business. Uh, but I hope that that helps. I, I hope that this wasn't too different of an episode for you guys, but I really felt it was important as we started out the year to kind of go through and explain how you can think through your year, how you can plan ahead. Um, again, nothing's ever going to be perfect, but it, you can at least get a pretty concrete example together moving forward. Um, and again, if you have questions, again, if you want access to the spreadsheet, shoot me an email. Let me know. I'm happy to share access with it uh, with you, with it to you. Um, and uh, we will catch you in the next episode. Paint Ed podcasts are produced by the Painting Contractors Association and is made possible by members and industry partners. To find out more about upcoming education opportunities or for more information about joining PCA, visit PCAPaintEd.org.